Hey everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of the Bramblefoot Podcast. This episode is going to be a bit different than the ones we've done previously. Uh, we're going to be talking about mental health and our mental health struggles. I apologize for my voice. I think I got the vid. But if you struggle with uh, abuse, addiction, self-harm, or suicidal ideation, or potentially could be triggered by any of these subjects, today's episode is probably not going to be for you. Uh, we get into these things pretty in depth, and I don't want anyone to be made uh, uncomfortable or put into a bad place as a result of that, so I did want to have that uh, disclosed prior to this. Um, and always, uh, as we say throughout the episode, please get help. Um, talk to anybody. Talk to someone you trust. Talk to you know a professional if you have the means, um, but just know that you are loved, and uh, if you guys ever have anything that you want to say or you need to get off your chest, uh, we are available for you on the subreddits. Uh, you can jump into my DMs on Twitter or even in the Instagram, and uh, we'll get back to you. We'll talk to you. Uh, we want to be there for you guys. We know that it's very hard out there. And uh, again, sorry for the voice. <laughs> I am in pain. But um, yeah, we're going to get into the episode. Episode three, just spike the mics right out the gate. Bramblefoot podcast. Bramblefoot podcast. Bramblefoot podcast. Uh, on a very dreary Sunday, the Los Angeles Rams are Super Bowl champions. I, I couldn't be more upset. I needed Joe B to win. I needed Joe B. I just needed his line to pretend that they could offensive <laughs> line today. Just yeah. he got sacked seven times. I saw that. Seven yeah. times, Von Miller set a Super Bowl record for t- for for sacks with four and a half sacks in the Super Bowl. That has to be the worst offensive line I've ever seen get to a Super Bowl. See, I'm stupid. What's half a sack? Is that when someone else helps you do the sack? Yes, yes. Usually, it's like you get the first blow and then someone finishes it, or you and a fellow. Uh, defensive lineman, or honestly, based on the way that off, literally anybody that was in that stadium could have sacked Joe Burrow. (laughs) It was uh, like a turnstile at an amusement park, like getting onto a roller coaster would have put up more of uh, like, they always say that is like a diss is like, Oh, is a turn. A turnstile would have been better. Like at the very least it's going to hit you in the, in the pelvis a little bit. And you're going to be like, ah, I'm kind of slowed down. Maybe my, maybe my ticket didn't scan. Like when you go uh, snowboarding for some reason, whenever I put oh, my shit in the pouch, I'm out. like, ding, ding. And I've got the gloves on. It's just a fucking disaster. Like, am I doing something wrong here? I feel like I'm being targeted. Yeah, yeah. It's targeted it's, harassment yeah. from the the entire snowboarding thing. They know <laughs> the community. They know I'm not with it. I'm not a local. You know, I'm not a man of the snow, as it is were. Your mic going right now. Your mic is going right now. It is. Yep, picking up. Just sure. Give it a it give us a quick one two real quick. One two mic check. Mic check. It's coming. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, you got look, it. Look at the thing. It says mute, but it's solid. So That's very odd. It starts blinking, so I guess that means me, which is retarded. I would have had to agree with you. Um, when getting a mic, uh, obviously you have to go to a Walmart and then just <laughs> just make the pe- like the people that you meet in the electronics department are overly social but super awkward. Like they, they were also trained have that. No idea of like what you're talking. They about don't. If you give them anything, it's it's one too many balls to juggle. Like <laughs> they've got. I don't want to talk poorly about the people employed by Walmart because 
they're the real heroes. They'd just be, I mean, they'll be seeing you steal and they'll just nod along and be like, yes. go on, brother. Nope. Solidarity. Solidarity, brother. Nobody hates Walmart like people who work for Walmart. And that's what I appreciate about them. All right, Dakota. So for this one, I kind of wanted to change it up a little bit. We've been doing the BrambleFed podcast on Brambles and us as a group. And I kind of wanted to delve deeper into like the mental health kind of brambles mental health brambles mental health brambles okay well since uh, this is your suggestion if you're okay with that oh 100 my brain is fucked my friend my mind isn't it great like uh we're the whole mental health awareness like thing became a thing and now it's like everyone's like looking around being like okay yeah we are all fucking crazy (laughs) it makes it makes sense because like if you look at this country just like the history of it absurd just absolutely nutty shit nutty shit like every single week there's this horrible tragedy (laughs) just like 85 kids were killed because of uh 18 drunk uh school bus drivers and three shooters and it's just like well i mean i gotta i'm gonna go to starbucks i gotta get coffee right now so it's like i need i don't care about this i need coffee just like yeah this is wednesday like (laughs) it's like the weekend wake up a little bit work out and then i'll read this goddamn article i'll read the article i'll nod along and be like damn shame damn damn shame but i mean if you're down with it i felt like we can go in a little bit of a different direction this week and talk about mental health brambles because as you know i've been having my struggles oh yeah a hundred percent my brother yeah just talking about it even on mic being able to listen it listen to it back will do wonders for me i believe I agree with you, man. I think I think that's cathartic. I think it's good, and I think uh, people people understand that people relate. Everyone has their own struggles, even if yeah. it's temporary. Nobody is cool a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> no. uh, everyone goes a little nutty, uh, and it is cathartic. We talking about it's good. I think that this is a perfect space for it. So, what 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 direction do you like? I usually lead this, so this is your idea. Let's um, go. Let's just go. Um... I'm not really sure how I wanted to go with it. It kind of just popped in my mind when I came in your room just now. I was like, hey, let's do an episode. Quick, yeah. I'm always down to record. It's uh, Like I said, this is enjoyable. This is a lot of fun. It's so much fun. It feels, it feels right. Uh, I think it just, let's, let's start off a little history. Okay, well, super glad that I caught that when I did. I'm the t- super producer Dakota a little bit. So I think a good place to start would be like, what was the uh, first time you were like, oh, I think uh, my brain is not like the rest of the dogs in the pound? Uh, that's a, honestly a really good question, but a very hard one to answer because you know us Irish folk, we're always like, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, no, this is just life. Even life is pain. Even when there's something clearly wrong, you're pretty much just like, no. Yeah. No there could, it couldn't be me. They have that. Uh, I'm gonna get my car keys. I'm gonna get my khakis. I'm gonna go to work. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, you you pick up your lunch pail and you go in. Yeah. Uh, I think Mulaney has a great bit where he's just like, he's like, you stuff it down, and then one day <laughs> yeah. you die, and that couldn't be more that. true. It it couldn't be more true for for our shared people, our share uh, ancestry. For folk like us. Yeah, for folk like us, that just got passed down. Shout out to the uh, the ancestors for that one. Solid gift to give. Just like no, no skill whatsoever. <laughs> All the women uh, are much better off than than like the men. Like my sister uh, has her own mental illness thing, but she's a much better person than me. <laughs> and I think she has a she just had a better starting place. Uh, like my mom, 
really went through the fucking ringer. Toughest woman I know. Great person. Me went through the ringer. Kind of a piece of shit. Like yeah. today, today I got uh, called a proper deviant, and I was proud of it. <laughs> like, so there's definitely that. that. Gave me a giggle. It gave me a giggle. I I do I do enjoy when people are like, "You're the I you're mean, the." You fell the fuck off, man. I did fall the fuck off. I used to make things. You really used to make things. Get off me! Get off me, old man! Get off me, old man! <laughs> but no, going back to your question that you asked me, um, I think it started a long, long ago when uh, you know my parents divorced and everything. You went through that whole ringer. Yeah. I know. I know you personally have had your parents divorce, and mm -hmm. it's never a good thing. No, no, um, definitely not. Being a young kid, I think I was about eight, eight at the time when uh, my parents divorced. Um, but I never really touched any substances or alcohol until I was about 17 or so. 17? So, yeah. so relatively late. Yeah, I mean, right. relatively late for people that, uh, like, normally you see, like, uh, the classic thing is, like, parents that are divorced. You got, you're basically doing man coverage. And if you're, if you're with your dad, like, I, uh, after the divorce, I spent my time with my dad just dads just don't know how to parent like the idea of a good father before the year 2006 just didn't exist it was basically like i go to work i beat you to keep you in line yep. it's like you got food on the table clothes on your back yep. my job is done the mom is going to do all the uh making you a good person but the crazy thing for me is my dad is vastly different than he was back in those days when mm -hmm. he was you probably abusing substances i wouldn't doubt if he was he probably won't admit it to me but i'm positive he would and there's garrett hello there's garrett. the only the only one that hasn't been on the bramble podcast because as we stated before the kid garrett, just doesn't garrett is also a child of divorce so he can kind of weigh in on this if he wants to just give us a it was tight or it wasn't opinion on divorce good bad oh tight Tight oh. as in cool. Yeah, tight as in cool. Yeah, you went the completely wrong direction in my head. Tight as in, like, sick. Like No, yeah, is it? No, I was saying, is it like, is it sick? Was it sick for you? <laughs> was it sick? It was, it was not sick. Not sick. Okay, so that's so 0 for 3. Doing the 900. No, it definitely wasn't. It was not the 900 at the X Games. No. Not electric whatsoever. Opposite. You could have used defibrillators. Adding to that point, um, yeah, so my parents divorced when I was about eight, it was about 2006, um, and I really didn't touch any substances until I was about 16, 17, I think the first time I smoked weed was at 16, mm -hmm. um, and then after that, it was smooth sailing for a while, and then uh, I kind of just got right back into it recently, mm -hmm. after I had my back injury, which was devastating almost it was like debilitating debilitating like yeah you guys saw me i was i couldn't move no yeah you you had the same pace of like <laughs> yeah. someone 40 years your senior who did not take care of themselves and it was a complete like uh out of nowhere just like you like uh steve kerr the coach for the warriors says like your if your back is fucked your life is fucked like it really is it really is the worst thing you can injure because it's involved on everything. Yep. And then uh, my favorite uh, 
explanation of it is my buddy Bobby, who's going to be on the podcast soon. 100%. Can't he wait. He told me one day that I look like a melted ice cream cone. A melted ice and cream it, cone. I, I remember that. <laughs> it was the funniest one ever because that's exactly what I looked like at the time. And I'm sure it's how you felt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you were definitely given like 98 degree day <laughs> that's been sitting in your hand yeah. and they scooped it generously. But uh, no, I mean, the reason for this whole uh, podcast is I just wanted to kind of, we've been doing funny brambles. I want to kind of get into a serious bramble. Serious bramble. There's brambles all around us all day long. Like, Ukraine's about to go into a big old bramble. Oh, but Ukraine has never not brambled. Their entire <laughs> existence, the, the history of Ukraine, there's like three, I, I was listening to a podcaster that I really like, um, Behind the Bastards, if you haven't checked it out, check it out, it's great. Um, he was talking about like the three worst histories, like if there were three tall peaks, it's like the natives, just as a, a general, like if you were there and then the Spanish the showed up. It basically, if the Spanish showed up, uh, you're you are the natives. You know, terrible, terrible history. So we're not talking about like Native Americans. We're no, yeah, they're part of the natives. You could tell because of the native in the front. Oh, yeah. yeah. So okay. if if there's a native in the front, you can. You, that's a green that's why stamp. I asked that question. You mean like all natives? <laughs> I'm talking all natives. It like I said, if the Spanish showed up at some point and we're just like, hey, we got a new way of life to show you guys. Like, uh, it's gonna be. Terrible. Hey, yo, give me your corn, bro. Yeah, essentially, if they showed up, number one peak, worst histories. Number two, Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine's been through some shit. Like, their entire history is like, the Mongols showed up. (laughs) Like, (laughs) not a hot start. And then it's just like, okay, we got some relative peace. Here come the Ruskies. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, the Russians are here. Terrible. Uh, Communism comes in. They were starved to death, which is something the Irish understand. Um, terrible. And then the third peak is the Irish. You know, terrible, you terrible there was history. Like one dude, like one white guy, is like, I fucking hate corn. Why? Why are you giving me this right now? This is the worst food I've ever had in my life. I honestly think there was probably a <laughs> lot like, of white I want guys. A fucking roasted chicken or quail. Or Everyone wants like that. Food. Everybody wants a roasted chicken. <laughs> but guess what? You didn't leave Spain for an easy chicken filled life you wanted some gold and you got corn which is technically a type of gold and it's delicious but i do think there was a lot of white people that showed up and were like fuck this corn you're a native you're a heathen i'm gonna i'm gonna do some bad stuff this poison (laughs) it's delicious and you can make tortillas out of it which is underrated corn tortillas underrated Oh, yeah. I mean, the corn back then was probably a lot different, but it did. A lot of people ate it. And that's an important thing to remember. Yes. Wasn't rocks. It was still corn. <laughs> but. Oh, dude, they, uh, that would be a sick prank. <laughs> I mean, like the, every prank was way more um, high, high stakes because it's like <laughs> it's like you make a if you make a monk bite into a rock thinking it's corn you probably 50 to 80 of your friends are gonna die <laughs> like they're gonna just throw smallpox like the spanish i think could ball smallpox and throw it at you like a snowball at least that's what the the death that's records show baseball, 
that is i mean that's um, it truly is a, killing natives is truly america's pastime <laughs> like it is truly america's pastime yeah yeah but let's get back to the the mental health bramble because we've stumbled far enough so bad substances back injury substances, couldn't be yeah you you get a mountain of um smallpox just thrown right at you from the spanish from the from the jump not you're gonna, great you're gonna want to just not feel that stuff you're oh 100 like again your back fucks your whole life is fucked you can't move you can't work there's like where's the purpose in in life and then when that gets sucked out on top of everything else it's like what is what is the quality of life you basically have two uh it's either be completely miserable in pain or find something to numb that and a lot of people go to painkillers which is something we've seen yeah, yeah and I, I guess you can call alcohol a painkiller, but not in the same way that like fentanyl. And, no, no. Uh, you know, we've had alcoholism. Yeah, we've had alcoholism for way, way longer. But you don't see like people dying in their cars from fireball. No, you should, because that's that is poison. But so it's not killing the funniest you. Funniest thing I ever heard last night. My uncle Milo told me that. <laughs> Fireball is hooker, hooker mouthwash. Oh, oh no! <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing for about twenty minutes. Oh my god, hooker mouthwash has got to be a T-shirt. Like if we ever do, if we ever do, Bramblefoot podcast, hooker mouthwash, just uh, a similar looking. Just we'll just put hooker mouthwash. Change the the the, the logo a little bit. Yeah. People get what we're saying. But uh, so I briefly touched on my um, own mental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I've recently found out that I'm an alcoholic, mm-hmm. um, which sucks. Yes. Because if you ask anybody who's ever met me, alcohol is by far my favorite thing in the world. I would say so. I would pick that over air. <laughs> pick that. I mean, yeah. Because I mean, airs there's such a surplus. There's there's a big surplus. Yeah, so I mean, like it's canning air. We can can alcohol. Yes, we are. We're not canning air yet. (laughs) Yet. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks uh, canned air. Ray Liotta's canned air. But I would like to give it over to Dakota and just kind of just brush up on some uh, some uh, some opening opening statements. I guess you could say. Um. Do on. Uh, your situation or my own situation? On my situation. I would on like your to hear situation. What you would like to say um, my situation. It's it's a tough thing because it's like it's completely reasonable. Like where you were coming. It, that's the thing that really sucks. Is like when you see someone um, get involved in drugs for just the shits and giggles. Then when when things go bad, you feel bad for them, obviously, because it's like that's now a huge hindrance in your life. But you, you like it was like one of those stories where it's like you know a high school football player gets a, a really bad injury, gets in a car accident, something, yeah, yeah. and they need painkillers, and then they get hooked to that, and it's just like this is fucked. And you didn't get in the painkillers, which I think if you're gonna get into a thing, like I would say alcohol is a better option. Now I'm not a doctor, but I think like again, I don't I don't think you're going to die. You're not gonna accidentally get fentanyl laced fireball like hooker mouthwash no hooker mouthwash isn't gonna do that. no hooker mouthwash isn't going to kill you today it's not going to kill you next week it's just one of those things that creeps in for a long time it was a long it was a long slow burn I'll yeah i mean yeah i think yeah especially with something like alcohol for sure because it started just drinking with bobby and then it 
started to evolve into me drinking by myself at night mm -hmm. and it started to evolve further into you know drinking earlier in the day earlier in the day earlier in the day yeah but uh you know i'm glad that i have the friends that i have that kind of brought me out of it and i'm glad that i was able to identify this problem with myself and you know let people know about it yeah but it was about two and a half years of doing that by myself before mm -hmm. i let anybody know yeah and i mean like it again like it's one of those things where it's like i'm incredibly proud of you i know everyone in, in our group is is uh, proud of you because it, it is one of those things where like when you get into that situation it can become incredibly volatile it can break up, you know, marriages, it breaks up friendships, it like, it, it really can destroy a lot of people's lives and they don't want to admit that they have a problem. That's where a lot of the problems stem from. And the, the ability, the strength to do it though, uh, is something that like, I mean, it's, it takes a great deal of courage because it's something that's like, I'm t like, this has become a routine in my life. Yeah. And when something becomes routine, habits are hard to break, especially when you, when they have that potential to cause you withdraw uh you have to like break that cycle and if it, when your days are revolving a lot like your recent days are where it's like you're working all day you can't sleep at night like in that it's just repetitive repetitive six seven days a week for weeks on end that becomes I even think, harder as a result of the alcohol not the working all the time I mean, yeah it's indirectly i believe mm -hmm. Because I lost my job because of that. Yeah. But uh, I think the not sleeping at night is an indirect result because I would just drink until I passed out. Yeah. No. So I, now yeah. I don't have like that kind of crutch anymore. Exactly, and that's that's what so I'm it's saying. Been, it's been rough to find a way to sleep because I mean I've tried. What's it called? The not metamucil. <laughs> the metamucil. The day. The Nyquil. You like <laughs> Nyquil, the Battle of the Quills, infinite every day, every morning. Yeah, I imagine that can't be great for you health wise, um, but uh, yeah, I mean like that's the, no, the no, same I'm thing. Not abusing Nyquil. No, you. I, it would be it would be very silly if you started. <laughs> honestly, very if I was. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know if anyone knows what a Nyquil addict looks like. This is like he just has dark bags under his eyes and he's always mumbling about he's got he's got purple on his breath i can tell like i don't know what purple smells like but now i know i have an idea of what purple smells like this guy sounds like kanye this guy this guy, this guy is uh, burning bridges with people he doesn't know <laughs> it's like that slut margaret from a3 <laughs> he's just like you mean samantha just like that slut margaret always banging pots and pans i was like she just moved in but yeah no um i just kind of I think my biggest reason for doing this part of the podcast is to kind of show that we have um, variety. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. The, a Bramble, if you look at the Wikipedia, it has many, many phases. A Bramble I, can be I, anything. I edited the Wikipedia. the Wikipedia. I really hope it's still there. I don't think anyone's changing. <laughs> I don't think anyone's monitoring Bramble, <laughs> the Wikipedia. Just like there's one stickler that's like, I hope this motherfucker doesn't change it. But I don't think I don't think anyone's gonna change that. If you guys do see it change, please we beg you change it to something worse. Make it make less sense. Like say it's a menu item at Taco Bell. <laughs> Who's gonna stop you? The stickler that's running they the brambling? Doubt it. No, you bastards. This is why I never donate when you ask me to donate. It's because you keep changing my shit. It's like why can't I say Henry VIII was the original creator of the KFC sandwich? Like. <laughs> 
They didn't invent chi- He didn't invent chicken. He invented the chicken sandwich. All right, Dakota. I'll, I'll put it up on you. And um, let's let's hear some of your struggles a little bit. Oh, okay. So, um, pretty much, yeah. I, guess, I think. I mean, I don't think it stems from divorce, but I don't think it helped. Uh, same thing. I like, that, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, it was a very difficult time. Like every, I was about twelve. I think I was about to turn thirteen. Um, and everything seemed relatively stable, but I, I think it was just like, I wasn't paying attention. Like everything seemed fine. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and then it just kind of like fell apart. And then like, it was a fairly stable life. Like we didn't have a ton, but we had enough. Like we were doing like lower middle class, middle class, like they almost touching middle class, yeah, very close, same, same a tweener. Um, and it was about the worst time that you could have gotten a divorce. Because when you don't have two incomes and you're just barely making your mortgage, you end up, you know, in 2007 with the market crashing, uh, losing your house and essentially having nothing. So, um, you, you know, that ends up happening. Uh, my mom gets a restraining on my dad because he becomes incredibly unhinged. Yeah, my, my dad, because my dad is like, he, he has a very quick temper, um, he wasn't dealing with the situation well, but it was it was pre- it was predominantly his fault. It was it was more or less the same. I don't think that anyone got a restraining order against them, but my mm-hmm. dad was a hothead back in the day. Yeah, kind of like how like when I get pissed, yeah, like I kind of show like a little bit of my dad in me from when I was growing up. Sure, sure, and this like my dad was uh, also like he hated the situation. Um, yeah. It kind of like threw apart his life. Like I said. There's not a whole lot of like self-reflection in the men in my family. Like it was the divorce happened because of him. Like he was not putting in effort. He was cheating on my mom, and my mom finally said, "Like no, we can't. We can't keep doing this. Like you, you've, you've done it twice. Same woman. We're not doing it." Um, but he's. It's like that classic masculinity where it's just like, no, you don't get to do that and he was also taking steroids my dad's a, a really bulky guy he can lift a lot still can outbench me he's 55 yeah, years old and so he was taking that um and he just did some really unhinged behavior um like he was like chasing my mom on the freeway like really with with uh, my brother and my sister in the car and i wasn't there for that but like i did see some stuff that he did and i was like i was never scared of him because he was my dad but like i saw a look in his eye that was like I don't he's, recognize you. it was almost like nothing was there which I've seen that look a couple of times yeah. and it's very frightening but he ended up not you know being restraining order so he couldn't be around for like six months and I'm a 13 year old boy at this point which is a did, tough time not to have your dad did you ever think it was your fault no I didn't I, I didn't think it was my fault because I was like uh, I, <laughs> I was like I'm pretty dope <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was always like nah it couldn't have been my fault I don't think I had anything to do with it because again like i didn't even know that he cheated the first time like it was not it was news to oh, me yeah, yeah. That, that's like, not something your divorcing parents tell you yeah i was actually pretty stoked because uh upon you know further information coming out later uh i was supposed to get baptized the day my mom found out so i was like fuck i gotta go to church on a sunday and then my mom was like hey go play outside 
and we were just dude it, it was god's plan honestly god's he, plan. he 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 saw he saw what was coming you know he can see everything he's <laughs> he's like he's like this kid's not getting in i don't want to give him false hope um Jehovah coming in. yeah he, fuck jaw just came down and was like no <laughs> no man <laughs> no heaven for you um, yeah so that was that was really tough and i held it against my mom because like i like i didn't like i i saw it as like taking away my dad i i wasn't at like some of the so unhinged shit he did opposite, actually. So, like, yeah I have two two very distinct stories that i'll just tell really really quickly mm-hmm. one of them is when they were fighting and like about to get divorced um they were running through like so have you ever been to my dad's house um, I dropped you off there once, but I'd never been inside. So you know how, like, the front door is, like, right there? It kind of has, like, that yeah. garage door, and then it curves in, and it goes into the front door? Yes, well, I, yeah. Directly to the right is a garage door. Directly to the right garage door. And that door, um, my mom was going outside of it, and she put her arm into it, and my dad slammed it on her and, like, fractured her humerus and being, uh humerus and radius yeah yeah so she had like a she was sleeping on the couch for a while after that with her arm like i distinctly remember it like mm-hmm. this and that it was, was like busted. in the very beginning stages and then the second story that i would like to touch on is my dad um was gone for work or something and my mom decided it'd be a great fucking idea to bring her lover over mm-hmm. and show me at eight years old final destination one. Oh, dude eight years old for final destination old, one final destination one so yeah that's why i have like a kind of macabre you know as you have as you would have to be the final destination yeah, yeah. is one of those movies <laughs> yeah 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 and no i just distinctly remember him getting home and we just got jack in the box from down the street so everything was shit everything was shit <laughs> and i had to shit during the time absolutely no, I just remember him walking in and being like get the fuck out and then he, he'd been drinking all night long because he went to my grandma's house who lived around the block around the block okay and he like was driving home or walking home something like that and he was just throwing beer bottles down the street finishing them and throwing them in the street god damn throwing them in the street and there was like four or five of them we watched him do and my mom um She's a manipulative person, mm-hmm. so she kind of uh, pushed us against him. Yeah. Which, in reality, he was the one who was fighting for us the most because she was just, you know, on heroin most of the time. Yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, I do remember, I do distinctly remember a third one. Um, she came over, put me in her car when I was like eight years old, nine years old, or yeah, so, and we just left. Yeah. And like no one told my dad, so he was freaking the fuck out. And I don't have a cell phone at the time. Oh, of course not. No. My mom probably didn't have a cell phone that was working. She probably had one for show. Yeah. <laughs> she she had she had a she had an a old Nokia. Nokia. To play snake on. She had a she had a Nokia that played snake on and a pager that yeah. also didn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she even had a running car. At the time. <laughs> it was also it was a Flintstones car. Everything was a show. But no, no, no. I just, I just want to digress on that a little bit. Yeah, hundred percent. Three, three separate stories of my childhood that I really haven't talked to. Yeah. Anyone but my therapist at the moment. Yeah, I'd heard the story about the fractured arm. I didn't hear the beer bottle story, but I, I know a little was bit. Because he was throwing them at people and. Yeah, but, yeah, not, not good. Like, yeah, my, my dad. Um, he, he's not afraid of a fight. Like, he really isn't. Um, so. 
you get that on top of like he, like he doesn't drink he doesn't re- he has never really done uh substances he doesn't do any of that so he's he's just festering um you know on steroids just doing un just unhinged being just being angry and different than i'd ever seen him like clearly different um changed um but again like the restraining order happens and from from the jump like i remember getting called in we went into a room uh she was sitting on the bed he was sitting on the dresser and they basically were like we're getting a divorce um and my dad i'd never seen breakdown at all like not crack not even so much as a fracture um but he like he broke a little bit and he started to cry and my mom uh said like something to the effect of like oh that's rich like something like that and of course like that immediately well of course like look again like looking back on it it was just like yeah of course like that's a bit manipulative because it's like we're here because of you um but you don't see that because you're like 12 and you're just like understand it you don't understand it and the person that my dad was before me he was the guy he was my coach you know he taught me how to be good at baseball he pushed me um and so you my mom for me she was like the person who got me into fishing Mm -hmm. we used to like before um my parents broke up and even after a few times after she got like partial custody she would take me up to um where we went for brocation last year kern or no not kern um i don't remember the place to be honest june lake yeah mammoth mountains and we'd just go you it was just me and her and we would go uh tent camp and she teach me how to fish Mm -hmm. all this stuff like life lessons and everything right right and like i was never really close with my dad because uh he he was working all the time right yeah fucking my mom was a housewife housewife yeah 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 and my dad was just you know five o'clock in the morning seven o'clock at night and i'd see him for about an hour yeah so so yeah not a not a whole lot of time to to connect but yeah so like that whole thing happens the restraining order happens um and it's like the the thing about it was is there weren't divorced families like i lived in a really small community so there weren't divorced families and i remember like a week where were you living at the time horse thief canyon oh, yeah. that's where i grew up pretty much from you know that i mean that's the entire that's the entire thing like in the community uh playing sports in the community going to school like legit down the street like very tight knit like everybody knew everybody um, but there weren't divorced families like there was one and they were super successful divorced family No one really knew them when they were married. Um, so it was different. No one picked sides um, But with my divorce, it was like really high profile like everyone knew about it. Everyone knew how messy it was It fuck dude it fucking it really like it was the first time Because parents look at you different they do they really do and like they don't even they don't even know it but like everyone was like trying to be supportive but like they were it it was a bit like i was a leper now like i stopped getting invited to things Mm -hmm. and it's like i already don't have my dad my mom is um essentially like my thing is when you get a divorce you essentially go back to the age where you were last single and my mom and dad were high school sweethearts so she basically went from being this pillar of stability and love and support to being like 16. And so she would like sometimes disappear in the middle of the night to go meet uh, her new boyfriend who was like showing her, um, you know, all this like love, this new stuff, this interest, it's new. Um, and so it was just different. And like the community 
like there were some really cool people like uh during like after my baseball game my mom wasn't there like nobody was there everyone's parents are always there during these these things um and i was just like i walked out of the, the dugout and one of the dads came over uh with a phone he's like the president would like to speak to you because he can't he can't be like your dad's trying to speak because it's illegal but the restraining order and it was my dad and i got to talk to him for like the first time in three months so it was uh it was kind of cool like at that point i think i was just kind of numb i was happy to hear from him but at that point it was just like i was dealing with so much other bullshit where it was like i can tell we're losing the house like so i'm ostensibly about to be homeless like at the very least like i may not be living in a car or on the streets but i have no place to go home Mm -hmm. i don't have a family about to be a drifter I, i i mean literally i couldn't have lost any I didn't have anything after that. Like as soon as we lost the house, I ended up having to move to Riverside, a place I'd never been, no friends, no, my family didn't have friends there. It was like nothing. It was like in a, like I moved with my mom for a minute, uh, but I didn't get along with her boyfriend. Uh, I thought he was kind of fake, which turned out to be correct. But um, like no one, again, my mom's like 16 at this point. So she's not going to like, anything you say to a 16 year old about her boyfriend it's it's like you don't know him (laughs) like you basically you you push him further into it almost uh yeah and it was like it's like he just you just don't like him because he's your like not your dad and i was like no i just kind of felt something off but you may have been right like obviously i wasn't gonna like him because he was this new dude like dude the weird thing about kids though like people I i don't think people like realize how um perceptive perspective we are like yeah as a child like i could understand what was going on i didn't know but you you knew yeah yeah no one explicitly told you about these things or anything that's going on no one really was like oh they're too young they can't they won't even understand but it's like in some weird way you definitely understand what the hell is happening yeah and so like after that happened we end up moving to riverside and we're living um in this dude's house and like i'm sharing it was super weird because it's like like i like now i'm thinking back like as an adult and like i have a great relationship with my mom now like i completely understand where she was at that point and i can empathize because she had three kids like having three kids being almost 40 um you know someone is going to take you again like we had no place to go so parallels between us are almost uncanny yeah i mean i think that's why we get along so well is because we we see a lot of ourselves in each other yeah and when i was growing up like my best friends were always people who had divorced parents like i never the only one that like is the outlier is jake Kirkman, which is uh it's uh it was a hard thing to deal with when i was growing up Mm -hmm. because like i was so envious yeah man that's the same the same thing i felt when i went over there i was just like this is insane that people live like this like everybody like there was so much there was there was so much love and support like those and their kids weren't like perfect either but they dealt with it and they they're good people now and um but yeah that was that was a doing that like again like being ostensibly homeless and I got to a point, yeah, I got to a point, like, I started, like, I went to this middle school that was, like, the neighborhood we were in was nice, but 
it was old and it was surrounded by garbage. Like everything around there was like low income housing, which I'm not against low income housing. As I said, ostensibly homeless. I have no room to look down, but those kids are coming from situations that are equally as bad, if not worse. Um, and we're all going to middle school and yeah. I have no friends. I'm one of like four white dudes, which should like four white people in general in the entire school, which to me, like no big deal. I went to a pretty mixed race school, mm -hmm. but it was made a big deal by the other people. Like within a week, uh, there was a, like a group of people that wanted to fight me because I was like, I was like the new, like, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty hot back then. I got the blue vans. I was, I was a bit taller than everybody. Um, and there was this cheerleader that liked me look at you now. and look at me now, just a scumbag, just completely fallen off, peaked in seventh grade, uh, or peaked in eighth grade. Fell the fuck off, I man. fell the fuck. I used to make things. Get off me. <laughs> Get off me. <laughs> but yeah, so it was different and I ended up getting in a couple of scraps. Um, I did meet some cool people there. Like, cause a, a, a couple. Yeah. Just, and like, I didn't want them, but like, I don't shy away from confrontation. And so like, if someone's going to like, you have to, you kind of have to in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's like, if you become the whipping boy, you're going to stay that way. You don't want to stay. And boy. no, and I could, Especially you know, I could, yeah, I could throw, I could throw hands. I, again, I was bigger than a lot of these kids because they were, you know, Mexican. They were not, they were like Mexicans in eighth grade. So they're small. They're not big guys. Um, so I got lucky in that regard. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they weren't even that. I mean, it's, it's eighth grade. They're like five four, five five at that point. And I'm like five eight, five seven, and like just building out bigger. So um, I ended up getting that off. I met really cool people, but they were really cool people who were doing like grown shit. Like they were smoking weed. They were doing, you know, sketchy shit. And I was like, these are my friends. Like they're, they've been good to me. I'm going to just, you know, do what I, and I really like, I really got into smoking weed because it was like the only thing that made me happy anymore. Cause it was like, like I liked school because I didn't have to be at home, which is a fucked place to be. I never got a higher GPA, uh, until college, <laughs> until I got Adderall in college. Uh, and then, uh, but yeah, I was, I was doing really well in school. So my mom was like really happy about that. But the situation at that house was deteriorating and it got to a point where it was like, she basically told me like, we, you can't fuck this up because we will be homeless. And so I was like, I got to the point where I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't be here. I don't like this dude. My dad's, you know, telling me at the time I was like playing freshman football at Polly. I was doing pretty well because Polly's garbage. Um, so I was, he was like, you should come over and play at Norco. I know everybody it's comfortable. You got cousins here. Uh, you know, I know like it was all that. So I was just like, at the same time I was like, well, fuck it. Like my mom's not really my mom anymore. So I'm just going to go over there. And I ended up sleeping on my grandma's couch for like a year, uh, which is tough. Um, and I think about 15, uh, is when I really, when I started noticing like, I'm not, my like my brain is kind of messed up like I couldn't fall asleep I would like be awake for two days I wouldn't like care about class or anything like that I just was going to school because I had to go to school and see I noticed that back then for sure but I, I never did anything about it I was mm -hmm. I think I was just too afraid to like kind of admit it because of everything going on in the background yeah what do you mean like, what you, do you mean the you, background you don't really want to like add to the fire no you really don't 
like I, you know me pretty well. I'm always the guy who's like tries not to add anything to a fire. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Any type of confrontation, but yep. I mean, unless it's with Taurus. Yeah, <laughs> unless it's with Taurus, and it's co- about completely all. fucking nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, you shot me with a Nerf gun, and then you fight for four hours. Dude, on it, it's just the most. Are, like odd are you getting to semantic stuff like it was <laughs> yeah. it was it became because like Taurus will argue in a circle even if like especially if he's wrong if he's wrong he'll argue you until you just are like I don't want to argue anymore and then he takes he chalks it up to at least a half win like, <laughs> he's never taken a loss he's only gotten half wins um, through pure marathon levels of endurance yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think like that was like 16. I was like, okay, well, I can't focus in school at all anymore. I can't like, I still liked going to school because I had friends and um, it was a good situation. It was a better situation than, you know, being home with my dad who was like no longer, you no longer coaching or anything like that. So he was just kind of like, again, he was also 16 at that point as well. Like he proposed to two different women while I was in high school and didn't go through with either of it because a sense like again it was just we could have a house like that was really what it was is like we were renting um like a, a small house that I lived in essentially like a closet like not even an exaggeration a closet my door wouldn't even open fully because of the bed well before you moved into here like I had no idea you were just living oh, bro. in the kitchen in your mom's apartment yeah like uh that was that was most of my life like I didn't I probably slept on a couch for at least four calendar years of life, which is bad. And the fact that my back is uh, still fine is a true testament to genetics. (laughs) That's that's it. Like, we clearly were sleeping on rocks and straw for a long time. But, yeah, like, that was the the situation. And I didn't... uh, I didn't seek help because, again, like, the idea of mental health didn't even occur to my parents. Well, like, it didn't occur to myself either like, yeah. that the, there was a way out of it. So right. So I kind of just dealt with it, you know, yeah. in my own way. Mm-hmm. And, like, even then, like, even during the two and a half, three years that I was drinking very heavily and very depressed, like, I can kind of put on that facade and, like, I think... I think I was pretty good at that and putting on that facade and just kind of like showing that everything's all right when it's really not on the inside. You know? Yeah. And I think that's like, when I told yeah. you about it, like you were like, I had no fucking idea. And I was like, well, I've lived with you for about six months now. Yeah. I mean the, but the thing about it is, is that like, um, you t- were Garrett, so Garrett, is, Garrett as well. He had he, yeah, and Garrett's been living him. with you for a really like a longer time, like a year and six months, and yeah. it was um, again like it wasn't. You were jolly ass Josh. Like it and was Bobby. Bobby had no idea. Like everyone had no idea because I think I was pretty good at putting on that facade, and I think that comes from stemming from being so unhappy as a child, and you're just like you're just like this is the base setting this is the base setting like you go to your family's house and it's like you can't just be a little shit all the time you know facts yeah yeah you definitely like, not where i was at and now. Like, you've met some of my family and like when we were growing up like if you were sad or something like that like and you were like being a little shit or whatever just mm-hmm. because you're sad like it's that those emotions come out of you yeah um they would call you out on it yeah and so it was like well either i'm gonna be made fun of or I'm going to be the scrutiny of right now, 
or I'm just gonna fake it. Yeah. And so I got really good at faking things. No, hundred percent. I completely understandable. I definitely understand what what that is. But like, when it like going back to the way that mental health was viewed in my family, you didn't have a problem unless you were like yelling on the streets at people that weren't there. Like that was. <laughs> That was what mental health was. Is like you have severe schizophrenia, yeah. or you have nothing at all. And it, it also didn't help that my mom and like some of my family, um, one of them has schizophrenia. My mom has bipolar disorder, so like growing up, they were always like the outcast of everything. Yeah. And like if she went crazy, it'd be like, like one of the biggest things that like got to me as a child growing up is like if you keep going like this and you keep acting this way, you're gonna end up just like your mom. My mom was in prison at the time for doing heroin, and it's like that's not what I need to hear at the moment. I don't think you, you ever need to hear that. That's um. That's like a really shitty thing to say. To yeah, somebody. like maybe that's the reason she ended up is because you guys ostracized her and she couldn't. Oh, there was no like, support for her my to whole, my do whole, anything. My dad's whole side of the family ostracized her. Like we would be on his side of the family for a weekend or a week or whatever it was for the custody agreement, and they would just talk shit on her the whole time. Yeah, and like I'm her child. Yeah, no, like, not like, like I already previously stated, like I grew up. I don't yeah, it's it's your mom. mom. It's my mom, dude. She taught me everything I know at the moment. She was always super cool to me. Yeah, that's the that's the fucked thing about it is the, like I think that that we are getting to a point where divorces are are healthier, and I'm I'm really hopeful that that's the case. Because it's like here if both sides agree to the terms. It's agree to the terms. Don't f- like, don't don't talk shit to your kids. Like no, your kids no. are still your kids. Never never do that. Never do that. Do not make them choose a side. Don't go to a, diver- a divorce attorney. Like that's the I they. To, I had to testify. I was close. I was I close. To, yeah. I had to testify one time because. Um, I was at my mom's house and I'm pretty sure she was getting high on meth or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, her and her boyfriend at the time, Jason, who actually I'm pretty cool with right now, mm-hmm. I gave him a fishing pole for Christmas because he's a really avid fisherman. Okay. Um, he's a cool guy. Like he, he used to be a piece of shit, but babies. He's not anymore. Baby, babies thought that he could change, and he changed. Babies thought he could change. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried the baby thinks that people can't change. But no, he um. He, uh, he, he completely changed, but back then he was a very angry person, and um, he, uh, he broke a beer bottle over my head. What the fuck? Yeah. Holy shit. Boom. Broke a beer bottle. That's fucking terrible. That's like, it legi- it's like the worst so thing. How old were you? Uh, tw- 12, 11, 12. 11, 12. Wow. Probably somewhere around there. So I had to talk to a private detective that my dad hired, and then I had to testify in court. Holy shit, that is horrible. And like that's something actually I've never, I don't think I've ever stated before. To no, anybody. it was shocked. It was a genuine shock to me, and I know, I know a bit, but a beer bottle over the head—that's like you get can get glass in your head. Like there's so many, like that's so dangerous. Not to mention like the mental state of a 12 year old being hit in the head with a beer. Bottle. Yeah. That's concussing almost like that's, yeah, exactly. you definitely can cuss I'm, on top I'm of the head. I was concussed after that. Holy fucking hell, man. Early 2000s. No one gave a shit. That's yeah. It, it 2007 maybe. It might've been. That was a terrible year. <laughs> I don't think anybody, <laughs> there weren't very many people. Yeah. Unless you were like a wall street banker that wasn't held accountable, then it was a pretty good, garbage year for all involved 
But uh, no, I think that's probably part of the reason why I'm the way I am now is that I just held all this stuff in, inside and just kind of just brushed it off to the side. And then now it's all coming back up as, as a 26-year-old. Yeah. Because it's not... The back injury is not the only reason why I drink. I'm a very, no. very, very sad person. Of course. On the inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I can be jovial Josh. I can be, you know, the, the guy that I've always been. But that's um, a lot of a facade. I'm, I'm actually... I mean, I wouldn't say that, actually. I'm a pretty happy person, especially when I'm... I think it's friends. waves. I think it just comes in waves. It's, it's waves. It's for sure. Yeah. It's, it's like depression for anybody. It comes mm-hmm. in waves. Like, you have great days, you have bad days. It's facts, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I just happen to have a lot of bad days in a row. Um, especially the week up leading to um, when I got fired from my job. I don't know yeah. why. I was just feeling shitty. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally was going about a fifth and a half a night. That is by myself, just sitting in there. God damn, that is that is a lot of alcohol. Clearly, yeah. I mean, uh, it's never one thing. I don't think that leads people to alcohol because it is one of those. Uh, it's a cavalcade of different stuff. Yeah, it's always mul- a multitude of factors coming together, yeah, yeah. and I think that's m- like a lot of addiction. Um, but yeah, I think that's... one of one of the biggest factors into it is like I didn't know why. Oh, 100%. I had no idea why I was doing this. It was more, I was just, like, I have, I live in an apartment with three of my best friends, or two of my best friends at the time. Right. And, I mean, even before that, I lived with Bobby, one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. I lived with you. I lived with Garrett for a year, one of my best friends, and now I live with you, and now Taurus is here. Yeah. But the thing, like, the big factor is, is, like, it, it, my my life isn't bad. I had a job that paid me well. I could buy all my own stuff. I can like, if a sixty dollar game came out, I'd be like, yeah, no problem. For it. No problem. Easy. Let's get it. Rent done. And then I have three of my best friends living with me at the same time. And we have right. this awesome apartment with TV, and I have my own room with a bathroom and all that stuff. And it was just hard to understand what the problem was. And I think that's a, a good leading factor on to just leading me to drink a lot. I was just like, I don't know why I'm sad, so I'm going to do this instead. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think that's the thing that comes to to a lot of alcoholism is the um, the dealing with, with pain. Obviously, you get that, that constant, uh, that's what the Irish do. You, you drink, you put it down, and then you die. Um, so it's, it's a very understandable thing, and depression is one of those... Uh, it is being talked about more now. It's a fickle bitch. But it's we don't get a lot of the nuances of it, of the fact that it is it can consume you for a period of a week, two weeks, and you can destroy your life in that time. Like it's very easy to throw a, oh, yeah, a yeah. monkey wrench into 100%. everything oh, that's been going on. Time I was traveling all the time. Yeah, so that didn't add. Anything. No, just another another uh Weight on the on the chest. I didn't know how to deal with at the time. Yeah, of course, and it's uh, but I'm happy that you've uh you've improved. You've gotten you know some level of help. Obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, moving forward, there's a lot of things like having health insurance that would make it a lot easier. Yeah, there's still a lot more that I have to do, but you know it. I've been trying to tell this to you know Bobby and everybody, and just be like, look, it's it's not. A one-day process, man. No, sure isn't. No, I'm undoing three years of 
three years and more. It's three like, years and more. Yeah, just mental and having abuse. to to having to come to come to the view of everything having to deal with every exactly. aspect and when you talk about all that stuff that's adding up you have to deal with everything individually and you're not going to get through these are all like side quests in a game like if you want to yeah, yeah. platinum this bitch you're gonna have to it's like the winter right it now. really dude <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it feels like that's what i was telling uh my therapist a couple months back was just like we were talking about one thing and then i was like hey this monkey wrench got thrown into my life do you want to like she's like ah yes i love a side quest <laughs> and that's that's not something i like never really uh, another thing like to like compound on the fact is i was never taught about what depression is no growing up no i don't think any of us were no no unless you were you know brought to a psychiatrist right as a kid i i never was (laughs) who was like like i don't know the wealthy kids maybe like just so they could their parents want to take accountability for sure yeah wealthy kids (laughs) so wealthy kids wealthy kids like i was never told about i was never like this is a thing that's gonna happen in your life if it happens yeah and and it's like my my parents and my family were always like we're predisposition predisposition to feel this and i'm like right well you nowadays i'm just like you should have it's like it's you, weird that you had this level of awareness and didn't and do didn't, anything didn't about didn't do it anything about yes. it. the only thing i knew about depression was uh things that i saw in uh antidepressant commercials that were on tv because you used to have to watch commercials we I, didn't have I remember, TV. i remember the marijuana commercials where he's like can you move your car and bro like, i can't those Let people that would be joint. flattened into the couch <laughs> yeah. it's just like jesus i look at that now as someone who um does like a marijuana does love a hand uh, left hand cigarette and I go, I want that weed. <laughs> like, I was like, because I'm like doing the dishes and shit, and I'd much prefer not to. But I guess a part of the thing is I had no like big outward signs growing up. Right. I think yeah, but it, it was I think more it just held in. Yeah, it it does it does build, and then adult life just throws so much other shit on top of you. Oh yeah. yeah that yeah, yeah. if you already are carrying that, and you add like fucking eighty to a hundred to hundred fifty two hundred pounds on top of that, and you don't have the you have none of the the muscle of the to do that, like you haven't worked up anything, then you're gonna be fuck you're gonna be crushed. You're gonna get crushed by that. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I was doing going through all this the drinking phase was I was super generous to kind of get my mind off of how bad I was feeling on the inside. Mm-hmm. And when you say, sense. when you say super generous, like, uh, what do you mean? What, what are you referring to? Like, I give me some mean, examples. Like, I, I would just give random presents to people and just like kind of, that's true. You know, I don't know, just give anything that I could to anybody else. Just yeah. kind of, I don't know, probably stop myself from, feeling like a piece of shit i think it, yeah i think it also your alcohol driven drove me to feel like a piece of shit but i couldn't stop the yeah alcohol, so it was like it's just it's weird. a cycle it was a weird cycle yeah and i think you you are one of those people who does get joy from bringing other people joy oh absolutely and so that's 100%. i think that does feed your like internal clock like when you when you know you made someone happy you feel good about yourself too you you're like i'm glad that I was able to give that, like seeing their happiness okay, made yeah, me yeah. happy yeah, yeah. and I can take that and I Absolutely. can move on with that. So yeah, but like, again, like the only things I knew about depression were from antidepressant commercials. So I thought if as long as I wasn't hugging myself, looking out the window into the middle distance, I was cool. 
Yeah, like, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. With like, that. if I was throwing a frisbee with my son, and then I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I'm just like looking down at the ground with a gray little, like, just a sad, sad smile, or if I'm just like sitting in a rocking chair with a blanket, like, that's depression. I didn't think it would be like, hey, I, I don't want to, like, I can't focus on shit. Like, I still have to go through my day because I'm broke and I need to work jobs and shit in order to feed myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, that that's the stuff uh, you just don't get taught about. And, like, the only reason I got help was because my sister dealt with it the year prior and pretty much just, like, woke my mom up to it. Like, my mom thought she was being... Um, like dramatic and shit uh but she actually learned a lot about it and uh i had a terrible terrible like semester at college like whole, like i came yeah, when you, i came back you told me about this yeah when you started doing the uh going to help and getting sleeping pills and yeah whatnot. was yeah because i wasn't sleeping i wasn't doing well in school um i felt terrible all the time like i was actively thinking about suicide like a lot which i hadn't done since i was like 15 yeah. and it was like it was becoming something that would pop into my head without me thinking about it and I was like I can't do like it would always came down to is like I can't do that to my siblings like I will never kill myself because I know what it'll do to the people I care about and that would be selfish like that's the only that's thing that's me when I was out of town yeah it's like they're gonna have to you're gonna have to be closer to it they're gonna have to find me in that hotel room and yeah. God knows how long it's gonna be until someone looks in there. Yeah, and it's it's just uh, it's your yeah the trauma that I would inflict on other people, to me, um, I could never allow that to be the way that I was remembered. Like that's the yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. it is because like the way that I am now, the way that I want to be remembered, is someone that made people laugh and was kind. Like if if there's one word that I want people to remember me by like consistently is that I was kind and I was gentle. Like if those are the two things that people say about me when I'm gone, I will have lived a life worth living. That's the way I see it. Uh, just, just to go roll it back just a little bit when mm -hmm. we were talking about me being generous and everything and like loving to make people feel good, laugh and smile and bring joy. I felt so fucking good that night. I told you about the day cold joke. Mm -hmm. Like I went back to my room with in like a just joy. Pure like, joy. Yes. <laughs> I found one. I found the, I found the battle one. of the quills. Yeah, that's I love uh I love a joke that just seems like I just love absurd things. Like the things that about It's an innocuous joke too. It is. It's uh, it's very <laughs> The vision, it makes something, it's visual. You immediately see it, which is such a good joke when you like look at a man pouring two <laughs> bottles of Dayquil and NyQuil into a glass. For some reason, there was ice in it for me. I don't know why there was ice cubes in it, but the visual of that and just sipping me like, we'll see who wins, boys. We'll see. <laughs> which one of, the, inside, inside all of us, there are two wolves, a Dayquil and a NyQuil. And the one that wins is the one you feed. <laughs> That's yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I, like, and I think that was a big part of uh, when I transferred schools, um, making friends. It was like I was always quick witted. Like it was something that uh, in my family was just always around. It just I'd seemed like genetic. Like storytelling. I'm good at storytelling yeah, because of them. 
sure. um, I tell jokes. I'm quick because of the the people on my mom's side were really smart and really quick and funny as fuck. And I knew I could make friends that way because, like, at that time, I was like, who the fuck would want to be friends with me? Like, that's that's really the way you felt because, like, the, the coming to a new place from the old place where I didn't have friends anymore. Like, no, no, I, they I all... Completely on that. I got leprosy. You know, I got the plague of divorce. And now, you know, I had, like, a really solid group of, like, six guys we would hang on all the time. And then all of a sudden, like, you just see five guys. And you're like, why am I not there? Like, what the did I do? Place? Huh? The burger place? <laughs> I wish. I wish I could have... If I would have seen them out of five guys without me, I would have cried. I would have walked into traffic. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, the Cajun fries. Just tape a six up there. Just tape a six. Sadly. What's <laughs> up? There's like, you can't keep doing this, man. We get it. You're sad, but it's it's brand recognition at this point. You're messing up the no, brand. I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from with yeah. that because um, I was in Sierra Vista for uh, first through third grade. Mm-hmm. And I've had a bunch of people there that eventually went to Norco High, but didn't really talk to them too much. But as soon as I got to Highland Elementary in fourth grade, I met Jake my first day. Oh, okay. And then I kind of just kind of invented this persona for me like the way i am now just like off the wall shit all the time yeah yeah like i love doing that i love just being like trying to think of the craziest shit i can think of yeah but also not like overtly racist or anything (laughs) sometimes overtly racist yeah but more more just for the the shock value i've seen because like you you don't have hate in your heart for any group of people like it's i've seen it uh, I've seen the way you've interacted with literally every group of people. You're fucking cool. Like, you, like you don't, you don't see anybody as less than yourself. But it is going back to the persona, like creating a persona. That's exactly what I had to do. I, that's exactly and, what I did too. I created this persona yeah. to match mm-hmm. speeds with Jake, because Jake Shirkman at the time was a wild boy. A wild, a wild, boy. wild boy. <laughs> a wild boy. Like, look at Jared now. Jared's almost exactly the same as he was back then. Yes, he's like, just to keep up with Jared. You have to either be high, drunk, gay, or stupid. <laughs> yeah, you do. Preferably a combination of at least three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's the that's the the Bramble King. In order to bramble with that guy, you gotta have a lot going on. Like, I've never been... He's one of the genuinely most funny people I've ever met, just oh, because, he's like... the funniest person I've ever oh, met. Oh, it's, it's insane. It, it Like, the stuff that he... There's the the variety of wild and hilarious shit he does regularly. In another life, that man could be Carrot Top. Oh, he would have... He would have... He could he could take Carrot Top's place, and the only thing they would say is just, like, did he get taller? <laughs> did he get taller? He'd be... Well, like, no, I, I kind of, like, got lucky into joining in with this group of dudes, because we're all, like pretty similar in our personalities mm-hmm. like definitely. in our and in, in our senses of humor oh definitely it's yeah. like i can tell you a, a very dirty dark joke and you'll laugh at it and you'll play off of it i 100 him garrett one i can tell taurus one i can tell jake one i can tell jared one i can tell bobby one especially bobby Spe- yeah bobby bobby you can go to with the dark shit and he's That's going to be on the battle of the quills the battle of the quiz just talking to him <laughs> I, found, I just came up with battle of the quills oh man i cannot wait to have bobby on the podcast he oh yeah but the the creation of persona is kind of crazy because you do get to a point uh where you you still haven't rectified who you are like who you, you really are. Out who you are yeah 
and it's uh it's a continuous process it's like that's the way i felt all through high school like i always felt like i was doing a bit like the divorce and everything it was like yeah this is this is my reality at the moment Mm -hmm. i can't be that guy at this time yeah definitely yeah nobody like yeah that's like nobody really knew me so you just put it on the bookshelf for 10 years and then deal with it yeah you it always comes uh comes home to roost but yeah it is yeah that's something i think added to my depression was like i have all of these friends but uh why do they keep me around like that's that's they just keep me around because i'm as i make them laugh it's like it it becomes a double-edged sword and you really uh when when i lost the group i was like well now yeah it's like now i know like now i know it was just it was like it was very superficial but that was just in your head To, to be honest like it was always just keep moving because like i had to do that several times where i would just lose a group of friends yeah, so that's, that's how jesse um remember jesse white he, yeah that's what he told me because he moved around a lot yeah up as well yeah good so, guy but he kind of turned into the best dude in the world yeah the it's it's uh you walk a tightrope with that type of personality you either like get to a point where you exercise that and you can put down roots and st- like stabilize yourself or you you become a drifter and like half of drifters end up murdering like hookers so you you have to you you I'm really want to go with that route. Already, but. <laughs> three under the belt um you'll probably get away with it <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest they're the the less dead you're not you're not gonna get you're not getting brought in for the toots as i I say they're not any less dead at the moment no they're very much dead but the the police aren't going to look for them no they're just gonna be like hey we're probably working they're in vegas (laughs) (laughs) they just moved up to the big leagues good for them spend some time in minneapolis spend some time in yeah no no one's looking they're yeah you'll they'll thaw out (laughs) they'll thaw out come springtime (laughs) by that time the evidence will be gone but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what it is. Is like twenty five. I come back from that, and I was like, I, like, again, like going back to that thing where it's like I can't kill myself, but I'm no longer. I don't feel like I'm in the driver's seat anymore. So I was like, I have to get, I have to go and like talk to somebody and and see what they said. And um, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I got on meds, um, and my life has been undeniably better. Like, uh, it really was, it really did come down to, I mean, obviously you have all that other shit on top of it, but if you get your mind, like your brain chemicals in balance, you can start to tackle that shit more effectively, in my opinion, because you're not carrying this extra weight, like all that other stuff. Like it's like, to me, it's just like, if you go to the gym and you're squatting 250 pounds and you're, and you're really struggling, but you drop 25 you're going to be able to push it more effectively. You're going to be able to do that. It's not going to feel like you're going you're to explode. You motivation so you can devote those that, that time. Yeah. That extra. You'll have it. Yeah, yeah. You'll have it. And that's, um, that's what I would, you know, recommend everybody like who is in that situation, who has the means, obviously, like if you have health insurance, you have the ability to do that and even if you don't like do do some research some there are people that are out there that are wanting to help that are trying to correct how flawed the system is and it, you're you're really worth it like the you're you you can't live your life 
running or trying to be in the shadows because the shadow eventually swallows you it it will swallow you like you see it you can like look back i mean like again like my dad definitely has bipolar disorder and that was a pretty big motivation is just like looking at him and seeing where he's at and being like well we're wired a lot similar and i know i don't want to be where you're at right now because you're just you're tough but you're miserable yeah yeah it's it's a steady climb upwards it is it's climbing a mountain it's been uh go up two steps fall back three go up six go back two you know it's not easy you know especially because like you're ice climbing with a pocket knife yeah yeah especially because i kind of figured this out on my own i didn't really have anyone tell me i kind of just realized it in myself it's just uh Every day is an uphill climb, and I'm doing a lot better right now. I'd say a lot more happier. I don't spend as much time out here as I should. I mean, it's it's kind of it's been tough recently, yeah. just with the the it's, schedules they've been keeping. Too, yeah, with um, we have more than enough couches. Is the fact. <laughs> um, I just really want like I'll just start sleeping in the living. Just room. I'll start <laughs> sleeping in the living room. <laughs> I'm just going to use my room as a closet now. Finally, finally the dream has I'm come. I'm converting my room into Bubby's closet. I'm going to just do a, yeah, just Bubby, like $12,000 worth of Bubby hair. <laughs> and every piece of clothing that I own and that I have been slowly stealing from Garrett that he doesn't know about. Oh, dude, I steal stuff from all of I just, like, I want to do, I, 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 I actually don't do it, but I'm going to start just going I'm in and taking, taking one piece of clothing a week. <laughs> And I'm gonna like pay attention to what he wears. It's <laughs> like this. Then he just be like, "Have you seen this shirt?" I'm like, "Dude, the dryer's eating these clothes." <laughs> then three weeks later, I'll be wearing the shirt. <laughs> the dryer is my friend. He's turned on you. Feed him snacks. I give him fruit gushers. Dryers love fruit gushers. Awesome. Fruit gushers, quarters, and boots. Quarters and boots. I'll pour a Capri Sun in there. The, the boots and quarters of the Wheaties of wa- of uh, dryers. <laughs> What's our time at? What are we at? Long. Uh, probably we're probably getting close to an hour. Uh, the way I, yeah, I would say probably close to the hour just off that. It doesn't give me a direct time on the screen. I'm gonna try and get some better software, but off of GarageBand, it's pretty good. Um, I can do all sorts of stuff here, but it does not. T- it just says like um, bar two thousand one hundred seventy five and. I just have to go off of that. I think like 220 something is normally. Yeah, it's just a, a guess mostly. But yeah, we've been around this level. It's about an hour. Um, that's that's what we do. Um, I feel like good talk. I feel like it was a really... Uh, it was a great talk. Great talk. That's kind of the reason why I wanted to do it. Because like I said in earlier, um, we, we did two episodes of Funny Stories. Mm-hmm. And the definition of Bramble is any story any recollection or anything that's happened to you that constitutes something that's like oh shit fair enough it's pretty much just an oh shit moment yeah this was more to expand the definition of bramble um and it was cathartic as fuck yeah it was awesome yeah like uh yeah like that's one of the things like the the reason i feel like uh i felt like uh kind of an imposter was i you couldn't tell this to people like when i would uh, talk about this stuff you could see the same look in people's eyes as the parents 
uh, of the old community and you would just immediately be like, well, I know this is going to change everything. So I have to continue to be this character that, you know, that's easy, not complicated yeah. and that you'll keep around. I totally understand that. Cause like for a long time it was, it was like, I have to continue being this person because if I'm not this person, then who am I? Exactly. Yeah. And that's the, that's the difficult thing. But, um, if you're listening to this, I love you. And I think you got potential and you got to remember that, uh, everybody is, uh, fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm crazy. Josh is crazy. Bubby is a fucking sociopath. This guy. Yeah. Look at that Twitch. Do you see that Twitch? (laughs) That was a, yeah, that man. He's got six under his belt. He's got, he's got six toots. He's got six toots under his belt. And that's just the winter. Yeah, he's going to be, you will be held accountable for your crimes, Bubby. But um, get help. Reach out to people. Even if it's uh, on my Twitter. You jump in the DMs, I'll talk to you. At Very Hireable. Greatest. uh, I've been applying to like social media companies and they make you like uh, give your um, social media handles. Mm -hmm. And I was doing an interview with uh, Tinder and the guy's like, uh, what's your what's your Twitter handle? I was like at very hireable, and he went dot dot dot. He looks up. He's like nice. <laughs> he's like how long have you had that? I was like year and a half. He's just like that's pretty sick. <laughs> so hopefully, uh, hopefully I'm hope I'm helping put P's and V's and V's on V's and D's and in B's and D's on D's. I don't know, like whatever whatever floats your boat. Just Tinder. Know, just know if you're acting like Kanye right now, you need some help. Yeah, Kanye is a terrible example for the bipolar community. I I gotta say, like, he he came out. Watching and reading his entire. He's he's uh, he's unhinged, and it's um, it's incredibly sad. Everything's in caps, and he's just posting pictures and just shitting all over. Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson's a good dude. Like, King of Staten Island. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. He's a he's a genuinely good dude. He fucking like he's he's been through a ton of shit as well. His dad died in nine eleven. And now he has fucking Kanye coming after him. Hasn't he dealt with enough, Kanye? He didn't steal your wife. You ran her off. You drove her to Pete Davidson's massive cock. Like, how are you going to be upset about that? I heard he has a unit, dude. He has, allegedly. Although his stand-up where he's talking about it, she's like, he's, she's just ruined every woman for me. Because now it's going to be small. Like He's just like, my dick isn't huge. She has tiny hands. <laughs> That yeah, he doesn't even. His next special is gonna be fucking insane. But yeah, Kanye. If you're acting like Kanye, or you're looking up to Kanye, um, don't look up to Kanye. Don't look up to Kanye. You right now. You cannot make the level of music that he can at your best. So you need to get help and not wear. Sponsor us. Oh, dude, BetterHelp will be a great. I'm gonna reach out to BetterHelp. BetterHelp. Do you really? That's what I've been using for. No free ads, but BetterHelp getting a getting a plug. I'm gonna reach out to them and just be like, yo. End of the track. Better help. We just re- it was only about it was a few hundred bucks for six sessions. That's pretty good, honestly. With the, well, the how expensive it is now. Rock, it was like hundred fifty a session. Ugh, that's just fucking that's annoying. Yeah, the, the not having healthcare thing is bullshit. This country is fucked. Um, but yeah, that's a great way to end the episode. Better help. I hope you didn't listen this far, because <laughs> if I feel like attacking the U.S. You know what? No, you're making money because of a terrible insurance system. So you probably are. No, I, I totally. I'm right behind BetterHelp. I'll I will support them till the end. They've been awesome to me. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great plug and even a better place to end. So, th- thank you 
once again for listening to the third episode of the Bramblefoot Podcast. We will be funny again. We will be funny, we will be we funny, funny again. this time, but it was a little bit more of a serious conversation. Yeah, and I hope that it, you enjoyed it because that, at the end of the day, like, who wants to listen to just bullshit? Like, there's so many podcasts gotta, where they just talk about dog shit. Yeah, you gotta get, you gotta throw them a curveball. Um, I hope you didn't run your car off the road if you're listening to this in the car. Uh, there is a tomorrow, and it's usually better. Um, and even if that one isn't, the next one is. So thank you for listening, and I hope you guys uh, love you guys. See you next time.